When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kids, some call me a priest. I was Judas Priest, screaming for them to do a with a gang tonight. And I am going to take you on a pleasure cruise of the metal like. But first, we're going to go back to the 80s, and I got to go grab my sidekick, Super Mario. I think he's somewhere <laughs> yeah. in the building. Super Mario, where you be, my brother, baby? Oh, I'm where I've always been. I'm right here, sitting beside myself, my brother. <laughs> Man, man, that last thing I just took a drag of was a big drag, man. Hey, why don't you go ahead and tell all the cats and kitties tonight what we're going to lay down here in the Toscano and Chang. How many hours right here at Back to the 80s, baby? We are promising you that you're going to be blown away because of a couple of guests we've got. Stick around, because we've got Shannon the Shanman Hernandez from 98 KUPD from Phoenix, Arizona. Also with us is bass player, vocalist of Lizzie Borden, Halford, Ozzy, and many others. Currently with Dramarama, the one and only Mike Davis. That's right, Cats and Kitties. You don't go anywhere. You stay locked and loaded because we are coming back with more conversation, more mental penetration of the rock and roll kind. It is time to go back to the 80s, babies. I'm so scared. I wish I had a ham sandwich to calm my nerves. <laughs> we gotta, like, find a place to hide. Where you going, fuzzy face? Back to the end. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of. Come on, wait for me. You are listening to the one and only Back to the 80s Radio, part of the upcoming K-Hits 92.5 online and around the world. We are the only show that brings back the 80s to a whole new generation. As Chang and I, we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the greatest decade of them all. We're here every single Friday, and Back to the 80s is also online via Facebook, where you can drop us a line or a note, but please be gentle, because... Chang is sensitive. Let us know what topics you'd like to hear. We only ask that you subscribe to our show. Leave us a comment on the platform that you listen to by letting us know how much you enjoy the show as it really, really helps us out. Now, today we are embarking on a three episode cruise. That's right. Embarking the waters with the bands that put the word metal in heavy metal. So stay tuned because we have two special guests later on in the show. Mike Davis of Lizzie Borden, Halford and currently Dramarama, and Shannon the Shanman Hernandez, on-air personality at 98 KUPD-FM in Phoenix. So don't miss them as they share their stories and opinions regarding the metal mania of the 1980s. Now, the time that you've been waiting for, that's right, with me as he is every single Friday is a man that with his hair has inspired the story of Rapunzel. And his golden locks are as long as Davy Jones' tentacles. He's been often spotted at Raider games dressed as their mascot, just so he can sabotage their game. We here at Back to the 80s 
call him the Chang. How's about that entrance, Chang? That entrance, you know, you almost made me feel like the very first girl that took my virginity. She made me feel like I was bigger than life. She made me feel like I lasted five hours and not five seconds. That was a grand (laughs) slam of an intro. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, vixens, and everybody in between. Tonight, Toscano and I are going to cruise we're going to take a cruise, not a Ted cruise, because nobody needs that cruise. <laughs> but we're going to take a cruise back into the 80s in the beginning of metal and hard rock, as a matter of fact. So uh, grab yourself a bottle of Aquanet, grab some <laughs> leg warmers, get your best T-shirt and cut strands out of it, because Toscano and Chang have got lots. To talk about now, Toscano, I know in fact that you right now are wearing your poison skivvies and uh, you're dreaming of Brett Michaels as you're looking at me. <laughs> am I incorrect? Well, I am. I am wearing my poison shirt. And guess what? The back of my shirt says warrant and rat. How do you like that? Oh, you remind me of cold cereal gone bad. I want to gag in it, but... I'm intrigued to see what type of a mullet you will be swinging later when that Warren shirt comes off and I notice you're dancing for dollar bills. That's right. Up at uh, Chippendales, that famous <laughs> men's club back in the 80s. Yeah, I, I'm sure you remember that club. Uh, no, I don't remember. I, I, I know what you're talking about because I've read a lot. Today we've got a fantastic show. <laughs> we've got a fantastic show for you because, yes, that's right, we kick off this three-part series on rock. We're starting with metal tonight, and... The show cannot be gang if the Chang doesn't get a rang-bang. Molten metal is here, Toscano. We're going to talk about... Right, I know we're going to talk about glam metal. Well, well, we will talk about glam metal, but here's what I want us to do. So, I'm going to mention a few things, sort of documentary style. I'll get into my best Rod Serling interpretation here uh, and then the uh, mario wikipedia something wikipedia. like that yeah Alamari. something like that exactly and uh, then what uh, i want you to do as mr metal guru of the 70s and 80s and 90s what i want you to do is give me your best uh input all right if you're in the same boat as i was when i was a teen i had no idea of what metal was and everything that came before it and what led up to it So I kind of want to step on those toes for a little bit and let you guys know, for those that don't, that the early half, let's go back to the 60s, all right? Uh, The early half of the 60s, it witnessed, we all remember from our parents and their parents, the explosion of popular music such as the Beatles with I Want to Hold Your Hand. The Rolling Stones with Paint It Black. The Who with My Generation and The Kinks with You Really Got Me. And these are bands that contributed to the creation of of these loud, unpredictable and rebellious so-called sounds. And, And by the latter part of the 60s, the next generation of rock stars began to show their first seeds of heavy metal. And these bands were drawing inspiration from their blues and rock and roll forebears, such as Cream with Tales of Brave Ulysses. Led Zeppelin with Communication Breakdown. And Jimi Hendrix with Voodoo Child. And this, my friends, these acts were not only louder in volume, but they were blunt social commentary into their lyrics. Heavy metal, my friends, began to take shape. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, and that's uh, uh, you, uh, you get a fantastic high five from the shank by mentioning cream. There we go. <laughs> and by mentioning Cream and Hendrix, I mean, those are, are two of the key guitar players that did start uh, heavy metal. All right. Now, here's a band I'm sure that you, I don't know if you recall that or our listeners do. Uh, they came up with the actual term heavy metal in the song. 
Do uh, uh, you remember that band? Steppenwolf. Oh, uh, you know what? I have heard of the band, but I didn't know well, uh, that they actually were the ones that came up with, uh, with the words heavy metal. Yeah, the lyric is heavy metal thunder. Heavy metal thunder. Racing with the We'll okay. have to put that. We'll put that on Facebook so our our listeners can uh, dive into that. They can hear that song, and then uh, you can agree or disagree with the with the Chang if you don't think that has a a taste of uh, of metal in it. I also think that bands like Black Sabbath and uh, Rainbow, uh, Thin Lizzy, uh, I think uh, Aerosmith, early Aerosmith. I think those bands kind of incorporated kind of that brash metal kind of feeling and vibe. You know, uh, metal started crashing, uh, I'd say probably the late 70s. I mean, hell, you got uh, the metal gods themselves, Judas Priest, the song that we played at the intro of the show, that came out of the, the 70s. 76, I believe, was one of their first albums. So heavy metal uh, was already in the makes, like you said, bro, from the 60s to the 70s. And then 80s, I think it just hit, it hit the wall, front face forward. Yeah. I think the 80s, it came with an identity. You know, based upon what you were saying, I, I totally agree. As a matter of fact, there are some people that can exactly pinpoint metal started the where the location where it came from. The West Midlands, and to be exact, Birmingham in England, 1968. Economically depressed. It was an industrial town during a you know, lost innocence era. And the birth of Black Sabbath with Paranoid happened. Right. And they forged a sound that recalled the clamor of the steel mills with their album yeah. Iron Man. Iron Man. And that dominated, I mean, landscape of their hometown, and it went beyond that, and it unleashed a sonic revolution from there on. That must have caused so much controversy in the people that were not used to that music. Imagine them hearing Black Sabbath, because that was hardcore back then. Yeah, to to a lot of people, times were uh, different then. A lot of people were more conservative. Uh, You know, uh, I believe Ozzy was brought up in a very Catholic-oriented family. So uh, religion was at the forefront in Birmingham, England, just like it was here in the States. So uh, the funny thing is, like, Black Sabbath sound kind of evolved out of blues, but they added metal, a metal edge to it. Uh, I think uh, the two great bands that started heavy metal did come out of Birmingham, uh, Black Sabbath and Judas Priest. And both of those bands uh, kind of had uh, uh, a certain sound in their music where it was a little bit dark, a little bit mystifying. A uh, hardcore guitar, Judas Priest actually with dual dual guitars, and uh, with Sabbath. I mean, Sabbath to me is one of the greatest uh, hard rock blues bands I think of of all time with both singer singers Dio or Ozzy. Yeah, and 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 I think uh, heavy metal hit in the '80s, bro, and that brought along the fashion, kind of the the look, uh, the camaraderie, the scene. I mean, anywhere you grew up, brother, there was a metal scene. Yeah. Uh, I remember uh, I grew up in Montebello, so we would go to a store called Wild Rags, or we would go to the Electric Planet, like we discussed uh, on our arcade show. Correct. Just like I, I'm, I'm sure that you recall going down to golf and stuff and seeing all the rock and roller kids out there, too. Yeah, I remember so it that, was, yeah. It, it became a sign of the times, you know what I mean? It became... Uh, a music that brought unity and people would go out and, and, and gathering. I mean, look at some of the great movies we got from the 80s. They, yeah. You know, they've got some hard rock bands in there, bro. So it's it's kind of weird. In the 80s, heavy metal gave us in your face with a certain look. Yeah, and you know, in moving north along the I-5, the Interstate 5 here in, in California, other bands mm-hmm. embarked on this hair movement thing, and they drew inspiration from the original metal bands. And they created sort of like a new subgenre of music that a lot of people refer to as thrash metal. 
And, right. uh, you know, some people believe that the, the ones that started this so-called thrash metal movement was not only Metallica with their creeping death and Exodus with bonded by blood and into the pit, but as well as Megadeth with hook and mouth. Right. Who else? Uh, Slayer with raining blood. Slayer. You had Pantera. Uh, you know, uh, you can actually say thrash metal started, evolved, I think, from the sound of uh, both Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. I want to go with Saxon. I'm going to go with, I'm going to put this out there that dual guitar bands kind of brought upon the thrash kind of movement because you had more guitar, uh, a dueling guitar. So they're actually throwing licks at each other like they're sword fighting. I also noticed that, for example, if we go back to the 70s when uh, Rob Halford with Judas Priest, when they ushered in that type of heavy metal into basically uncharted territory, they not only capitalized on, on their own talents, but they brought more highly rhythmic and melodic music and also a little bit more reserved tempos, specifically in certain songs, as opposed to what Metallica and Megadeth and the rest did in the 80s, where it was nothing but a breakneck guitar riffs, where everybody was battling against each other to see who, who played yeah. faster. Yeah. In the meantime, we're going to take a break when we come back. Just as we promised, with us today, we have 20-year veteran radio personality, Shannon Hernandez, the Shan Man, and also bass player, vocalist from Lizzie Borden Halford. He's played with Ozzy and many others and currently is playing with Dramarama, the one and only Mike Davis. So stick around because we are back to the 80s. Don't you go anywhere or I'm going to find you and tie you up. Chain likes to be tied up. <laughs> yes. With silly string. <laughs> <laughs> when the economy was good and the metal was heavy, man. Back to the 80s. If they were a laxative, they'd be so powerful you could stand on your head and shit on the ceiling. That position would not only be unavailing, but also undignified. And now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. Welcome back. This is Back to the 80s. I'm Toscano from Toscano and Chang. And with us today, just like we promised, is a 20-year veteran radio personality of 98 KUPD in Phoenix, Arizona. Shannon the Shanman Hernandez. Also with us today is bass player and vocalist of Lizzie Borden. Halford has been with Ozzy and many others and currently is playing with Dramarama. The one and only Mike Davis. Guys, thanks for being with Toscano and Chang on Back to the 80s. Gentlemen, we were kind of giving a, a brief background on what the metal genre is all about, the rock genres that started from the mid-60s on down, of course, 1970s when it really took off. Let's start with Shannon here. What are your experiences on the radio side? Do you find that a lot of people misunderstand the genre? I don't think so much these days. People who listen to the music these days, it's more, it's just consumable and run. It's so in and out of their ears it, it but it's not absorbed like how it used to be back when we were kids that's the way i look at it i mean when we were when i was at least a kid i would you know record the radio show i would absorb the radio show i don't think that uh, people have the attention span to really absorb the music to even not misunderstand it one of the posts that we put on, on Back to the 80s recently, because I put a picture of bands, right? Some were metal, some were hard rock, some were just hair hair bands. So I'm reading all the comments and somebody somewhere just wrote, metal is dead. And I'm going, wait, wait a second, are you, are you, this was a comment that was coming from somebody who definitely was not from the 80s or 70s. And what, what do you have to say with a comment such as that, Mike? You know, it's on, on the contrary, man. It's it's the last of the of the of the, of the living beast, man. Those are the only metal is the only thing that's going to get people in the venues anymore. The the artistry of it, the you know technicalities, and people still you know like referring to what, what Shannon was saying. It's like these are the people that was that would record concerts on the radio, 
And, you know, like, how did Metallica start? How did Armored Saints start with the, with the tapes? And we traded tapes and all this thing. Yeah. And the last, you know, time I actually, I played in Moscow in 2014 with a band called Death Dealer, and it was packed. I mean, it was like about 5,000 people. Metal is not dead. I mean, it's, it's not at all. It's, it's just, it's a genre that, that younger people have not really grasped onto because of the, you know, the, the internet, man. It's like, it takes time to forge, uh, you know, to be a musician and to write songs and things like that. And, and it's instantly gratification now. It's like people can't put the time in. And I don't know. I mean, I, I could, I could go on and on about that, but I, I truly believe that. I think that when you look at it from, the perspective of the present that metal is more underground these days than it has ever been in the past. Uh, if you look at the recent Grammys and how like the, like the, I mean, I don't, oh, yeah, I, I didn't watch the Grammys, oh, but I heard all about how the snub was straight, you know, the, the snub Eddie Van Halen. And to me, that's just yeah. kind of like, yeah, you know, uh, those Van Halen songs wrote the test of time. Uh, you know, even if it wasn't metal, it was rock for people, right? But even even still, that right, was right. forged a lot of of the bands these days. But you still, you, everyone refers back to Eddie Van Halen as that's the guy that influenced them to do whatever or do this or do that or figure out how to play the guitar. And yet now, uh, pop culture and, and and just the culture itself right now doesn't really look at rock music and metal. I mean, look at look at the the super bowl i mean you don't really have rock bands uh playing the super bowl but you hear rock and metal bands on sunday afternoon during football season like i always think like you know what the f is that all about like how do how do how do you feel as though like metal is dead how come you hear yeah you, you'll hear led zeppelin you'll hear you know the classic rock on uh, advertisements these days it's like you're trying to sell the people with, with money who are like 50 plus or so. Oh, shoot, I'm going to use Van Halen, Zap, or what or whatnot. But, I mean, for some reason, you know, the, the culture, just like you say, the culture is is different. And it's not as, like, when I was young, I, you know, you see bands, like, I'm grabbing, a, like, which one are you going to be? The guitar, bass, drums, or the vocal? Like, oh, I'm going to be this guy. And he just carried on and carried on. And you're, you're, you're losing that now. It, it, it's, it's a culture thing for sure. Softer culture. I'm, I'm leaving the flag for rock music in general, like a guitar, bass, drums, and a, and a singer. Like drama Roman, we, we get on stage, we do a lot of 80s stuff, festivals, a lot of computer generated bands and things like that. We come up there, we're five guys. We're like the Rolling Stones on steroids. The sound men are like, oh, cool, find me a fucking rock band. And, and like anything else, with vinyls coming back, Hey, rock will be right next. <laughs> to me, this is what it is to be a, a rocker uh, or a metalhead, uh, a headbanger. It's kind of a, a way of life, a lifestyle, not only a lifestyle, but it's a, uh, a path, I think, that you're born into. And this type of music just makes you feel a certain way. We feel fearless. We feel strong. We feel unified. Uh, we feel that we need to make a statement. And metal music and rock and roll is that, the defiance. We have to be counted for. We are somebody. We have a force. We have a talent. And we're going to give it to you straight up with our musical talent, with the unity of our fans as they sing with us, as they go to our gigs, as we gather at festivals, as we pass a beer from a keg. The one thing about rock and roll, brothers, and metal is the massive unity that we hold that there is very little violence within our own groups, as you see in modern-day music or modern-day society. What do you boys think of that? No, absolutely. It's born that way. I mean, well, that's like like the patches on, on, your, on your denim, you know, in the 80s. When, you know, it, it's a camaraderie. Oh, man, King Diamond, uh, you know, cool. Like, you already know that guy, and you like him. You <laughs> already we got something going on. It's definitely a... Uh, you know, it's a pack. And, and you know, there's still that. You know, I'm not going to say it, it's dead. I mean, even bands like uh, like Ghost, shoot, those, those guys are huge. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Those dudes are huge. They're kind of trying to reach out to different genres, but still keep the, the, the foundation of, of the hard rock. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, the music now these days, what's funny is that I think that the music does exist like that. We listen to from back in the seventies and the eighties, um, you know, even into those right. late 60s, you hear a lot of that music in today. But what's funny, um, what I experienced from, you know, talking to people on my Facebook page or even talking to some of the young Gen Z people that they discover a band for the first time. It's like, bro, that band's been out forever, <laughs> you know, like and they're discovering it for the first time. And to me, that is very reminiscent of the first time I ever discovered Led Zeppelin. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is like, this is mind blowing. Like, um, you know, I had discovered Led Zeppelin through uh, just through great white. I mean, that was how I discovered it. And then I listened to of babe, I'm going to leave you. And then I was like, well, that's a really good song. And then I discovered it later down the line. I was like, oh, oh Led Zeppelin made that. And so then I dove down the rabbit hole of Led Zeppelin. And then I was just stuck in this Zeppelin, you know, phase for the really long time. And then I had learned that all of these bands that were coming up back in the day, you know, they were all influenced by Led Zeppelin. So I feel like the music today, even though we have apps and we have Spotify, we have the music is just kind of comes in and out of our lives. I still think that today's uh, youth is they're still looking for that edge. And I think they'll find that edge in the music that we would find in the eighties that, you know, like your Led Zeppelin's the priests, you know, th- bands like that, even, you know, like Mike was saying, you know, you could, you're even looking at bands like King diamond that, you know, some of these young kids, they discover for the first time. And they're like, wow, what is this? This is blows my mind. So I think it's just a, an evolution of how we discover the music mm-hmm. and how the people discover the music and how, they put their own take on music. I mean, if you were to fast forward and take the stance in the, in the nineties and the two thousands and look at the bands like static X, like to me, listening to static X sounded like nothing that I had ever heard before. I was like, this blew my mind. It was all technical and it was all electronic, but then there were a lot of bands that came back to the eighties and the nineties, and they were looking at the influences of those bands. So I think it's just evolutionary over time. Right. Shannon, you bring up that band, I think, of Nine Inch Nails. Reznor has a, a very key sense of a sounding gothic, metal, dark, but yet melodic, uh, yet poetic, and a little bit of pop. So I think he would fall in the same realm of what of the band you just mentioned. Oh, yeah. I think Reznor, he was an innovator back in the day. I mean, I wasn't even into Nine Inch Nails when they came out. I thought, what is this? This sounds like crap. Then it took me about <laughs> it took <laughs> me about three or four years, and I was like, "Well, this is really good. Who is this?" And then someone was like, "Oh, this is this is Nine Inch Nails." I was like, "Oh man, how did I miss that whole train?" You know, um, there was an emotion that went behind it. The mid the mid nineties to the late or to the early two thousands, and I think that um, that just that just created a whole other I don't know, a different type of society that would grow up and and really appreciate the emotion that went behind that music and, and, you know, even look at like bands like Marilyn Manson and you look at him and how he kind of influenced and how these kids these days they are 22 and they still listen to Marilyn Manson, which blows my mind. But I mean, this is really a, a show about the eighties. It is all about the eighties right. going back a little bit right. further to 1978. We know that black Sabbath and deep purple a little bit before them, they had laid a certain foundation and it was just a matter of time before someone synthesized heavy metal into a, something more complete and enter, of course, I'm talking about Chang's favorite band in the world, Judas Priest, with Victim of oh, Changes. Dude. So talk to us a little bit about that, uh, if if you can, Mike, because a lot of people don't know that it was after Judas Priest with Rob Halford that the whole leather thing came into into play for, for metal and rock. Yeah, you know, that, it's a, there's so many great points that you guys are all making, and like, there's a bunch of stuff I'd like to go back to, but as far as JP, yeah, um, I, you know, obviously I had the pleasure to play with Rob for, for quite a while, and he is the most, the uh, sweetest gentleman you're ever going to meet. He's a warrior. And the leather came about as in, like, you know what? This is what I am, this is what I do, and this is how I'm going to portray myself, and this is how Judas Priest is going to be. Obviously, Judas Priest didn't start out that way. It's like Rock and Roll, you know, they're, they're a British band Birmingham. They evolved, and and, uh, and uh, it's there, and they, they really brought out, you know, the, 
the dual guitar, you know, the kick hand blend. I again, there's so much. There's so much I could say about Judas Priest. I mean, the you know, sin after sin, stained class. I mean, you know, the hell bent for leather. I mean, those albums are timeless. I, I was just listening to those, and this is this is what's going to, you know, why I keep saying metal. It's not. I work as a chef as well, and in my cafe that I was working at, I have a kid who works with me. He's about 24 years old. And he's playing rock forever. He's playing all these great JP tunes. And you were trying to get on my good side, bro. This is this is what I listen to. And then after that, he's playing Heaven and Hell. And then after that, I'm like, you know what? You get the playlist today. And this kid is like, he's not even 25 yet. <laughs> That's awesome. Just say I left the work feeling good that day. <laughs> <laughs> I can talk about Rob forever because again, to spend time with that guy. I mean, I grew up in the garage playing. Uh, breaking the law, you know, with my buddy, and I'm doing that for real now with this guy. And uh, you know, he he evolved guys in the in the world for for coming for being a metal guy and coming out, you know, saying you know this is what I am. I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm a game metalhead. That was like the most and, metal thing you could do. Yeah, he's got more strength than most people I know. And then he goes and he plays with Trent. He goes, you know, and, and plays, you know, tries that. He's ah, maybe that's not the thing. He goes and fight. And then he does his aggro, and it's like, cool, all right, you know, I like that. Resurrection was him coming back to metal, you know, and it's it's a great story. And I think he is truly one of the, the most, I mean, he, he's always been looked upon as an icon, you know, the MG, the metal god. But I think he's, he's truly, you know, more than that. You to know. me, he's the dude that lives down the road from me. That's how I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lives probably like 10 minutes, 15 minutes from me. Hey, you're listening to Back to the 80s. If you just joined us, we're talking about metal. We're going to be right back. So don't go away. We've got more madness on Back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. You're listening to Back to the 80s. If you can't wear a spandex jumpsuit, what can you do? This is Back back to the 80s. You're listening to Back to the 80s. I'm Toscano from Toscano and Chang. We're talking to Shannon Hernandez from 98KUPD in Phoenix, Arizona, and Mike Davis, bass player for Lizzie Borden, Halford, and Dramarama. Shannon, what is your most favorite early heavy metal bands uh, slash the cross between hard rock, acid rock, which they called in the 70s, into what we saw a clash in the 80s as metal. Uh, I'm going to give you certain bands, and let's, let, you can tell me what which one is your most familiar and is your favorite. Are you ready to go? I hope I can answer. <laughs> All right. Motorhead, Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Thin Lizzy, Rainbow, Black Sabbath, and here's one that you probably... Never even thought of cream. You can't you can't ask me that question without me not liking all of them. I mean, you can't ask that question. That's an impossible. That's almost an impossible question. That's picking the. That's like the Top Gun of of bands right there. It's the best of the best, man. So I mean, I'm a fan of all of them. Uh, you know, some of them I got involved in later in life. Others I discovered right away you know the one that pops out to me though i would say probably is just sabbath just for the pure sound of evil that it had when i first discovered it i just thought it was powerful you know i mean to me it was just straight up stoner rock to me is stoner metal and uh when i discovered a band later down the line in the early 2000s called electric wizard and I was like, this, this is like a, a re, this is like Sabbath reborn. And so yeah. Sabbath, I think was the one that really got me because I loved the real chunky riffs uh, that were in a certain key. Uh, I don't know. Mike probably knows more about that than I do, but they were in a certain key and the evil key. Um, and they would be played. So just, I, it just sounded sinister to me, and I just loved that that vibe that it that it gave off, and it was just uh, mysterious to me. And so, Sabbath would be the one if I had to pick one. That was the one right there. You can't, bro. I mean, you have uh, Judas Priest, and like Mike said, 
I re- I remember uh, Judas Priest in the seventies when they came out, and Rob Halford had long hair, and they kind of dressed similar to like uh, the disco era slash um, uh, era of. Uh, like uh, like Deep Purple, like Aerosmith, that same time of dress attire, that same kind of look, yeah. uh, you know. But uh, like you were saying, uh, Black Sabbath to me was like blues, sinister metal. It was like uh, angry blues, y- y- you know, from uh, uh, the very far- first time I heard The Wizard, you know, A Sweet Leaf. You know, tunes like that, they kind of were like at the trip out zone, the stoner music. But then I think when you have a band come out later, like like Pink Floyd, they kind of took the stoner realm and and went with it. And those type of bands flocked to that, which a lot of us that are rockers do love Pink Floyd and follow that. But, you know, the, the difference, I Pink Pink Floyd is very different stoner music yeah. than early Black Sabbath. From 1982, often referred to as the new wave of British heavy metal, I want to give you some bands mm-hmm. and some albums, and I want you guys to give me your honest opinion. Bands like Iron Maiden with Hallowed Be Thy Name, band number two, Motorhead with Iron Fist, Saxon, Machine Gun, and Diamond Head, Am I Evil? Yeah, for me, it was uh, Diamond Head. Uh, they were obviously a direct influence on Metallica. And so for me to understand that influence of Metallica and why and how they came up with the music that they came up with. And, you know, of course, Metallica was influenced by a bunch of motor. It could have been motorhead. It could have been uh, budgie. Who knows who it could have been. It could have been just about anyone. But when it came down to, I think Metallica itself, and they would, they did those two songs by diamond head that I was like, I have to learn the history behind this. I've got to know like what, like how aggro is that band? And when I listen to them for its time, yeah, it probably could have been aggro, but I listen to them now and I'm like, man, this is like cotton candy metal. Like it just didn't sound like it had balls to it, but Metallica later on down the line, they put balls to it. They made it sound deathly. You know I mean? It was, it's the same as if you were to take stone cold crazy and you hear that from Queen. It when when Metallica made it metal, I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, "This is crazy." Queen when they came out when they made that song, it kind of had that metal edge, that metal feel. Right. For me, what you asked uh, Tusky would be Motorhead, uh, a three piece solid band in your face. I mean, Lemmy was like uh, devil second nephew <laughs> breathing at your face. Lemmy played the bass like it was a lead guitar. And like he was shooting an AK at you across the room. I mean, I remember going to Motorhead gigs. I remember getting into the pit, being in the thick of things. And the vibe that Motorhead created, the energy, the speed. Motorhead played louder and faster to where if you close your eyes and you slam somebody in the pit, you think to four to five guys, but it's three dudes giving you solid balls out metal. So to me... Besides Priest and Motorhead, those have got to be the greatest metal bands that charge me up to be a metalhead uh, as young as I was. But so is Iron Maiden. Uh, you cannot beat them. Now, Maiden had two singers, two different styles. The punk version was with Paul Diano early in the 79, 80 to 82 realm. Paul Diano couldn't hang really. Uh, Dickinson came out of uh, another band that was friended them in England, joined the band. They became a powerhouse. Kind of uh, kind of like Maiden to me is like an author of a great storybook of tales and enchantments. Every album they create is of uh, pages of history. They put it together melodically. So it's kind of theater of the mind. And you have to be pretty intellectual to understand where Maiden's coming from. So, and you know what? That's, that's interesting. Great it's interesting that you mentioned that because songs during this like 1982 period, specifically, if we're talking about that, they explored certain realms of fantasy and mythology and especially bands like uh, Iron Maiden. The, these band, bands like Iron Maiden embarked on creating these big, elaborate theatrical stage shows that complemented their music. That really, really resonated with with fans, don't you think? Oh yeah, I mean there was a whole <laughs> there was a whole army of those people. I mean, my buddy uh, Chris, uh, his name's Chris Cretero. He played with 
all of those guys. Um, and that whole air, that whole style of music brought on a whole different audience that was into that style of music. For me, I Maiden Maiden was good. I liked some of the songs, but I never got into them as much as I know, you know, like Chang got into or my buddy Chris got into my friend Brett got into them. It, I didn't get into them for some reason because I didn't I didn't I, I didn't take myself down that road of of the story itself. But I did like bands later down the line. If we were to talk about like if you were to when the, the idea of the concept album came out and when I first heard Operation Mindcrime, that was that was more along the lines of what I liked. So when I heard Operation Mindcrime, I was like, wow, this is this is like a this is like a story. Yeah, it was more reality than I think anything else. And that's why I that's how I that's why I dove into that versus a maiden, uh, you know, because it just I, I just couldn't connect with it on a certain level. You would think that I would have right. at some point in time because I loved Sabbath. <laughs> you know, and some of those songs had right, some of that right. element into it. But I think it was also had to deal with my maturity at the time and what I was looking to what I was trying to discover in life itself. And so when I heard Operation Mindcrime and I had my headphones on and I played it through my Walkman and I just remember it, it was <laughs> it was an experience. It wasn't just like music. It was also the production value was the engineering that went into it because you could hear voices yeah. in the back of your head if you had the headphones on and then you could hear things happening on the other side so that's why i fell into that whole album was because everything from the lyrics to the music to the production value to the engineering to the storyline it was such a well thought album that i was like i'm i'm in man i I'm in. And then Empire came out, and that just sold me. Hey, stick around. There's more with the Shan Man and Mike Davis of Drumarama coming up next on Back to the 80s. Welcome, 80s fans. I have been expecting you. You no longer need to listen to any other podcast. You want the 80s, don't you? The longing for it is swelling in you now. Feel the memories coming to you and listen to Back to the 80s. Give in to nostalgia. With each passing moment, you make yourself more of an 80s fan. It is unavoidable. It is... Your destiny. You don't know the power of Back to the 80s. You, like your childhood, are now mine. (laughs) Now, back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment. Oops, wrong station. Now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. Back to the 80s radio. If you just joined us, we've got Shannon the Shanman Hernandez from 98 KUPD in Phoenix, Arizona, and Mike Davis, bass player for Lizzie Borden, Halford, and Dramarama. We're going back and forth, but in 1986, something happened. All right, there was some type of, uh, of an identity crisis. Heavy metal experienced certain interpretations as it began to globally, in a way, as someone put it, disseminate. Nowhere was that more evident than on the west coast of the U.S., especially in L.A., where many bands developed, uh, should we say, a more neutral, simplified sound, and and they focused on more on the theatrics and then the showmanship. And I'm talking about bands like. And I'm not putting this in the same category. I'm just, we're talking about 1986 where there's a little identity crisis, right? Bands like Poison with their I Want Action. Then other bands like Motley Crue, Livewire, Rats, right? So what happens is they lead a, a movement where it's it's now called hair metal, of course. And it was more <laughs> of a, a spectacle, a, a product. I find that real metalheads have real serious issue with hair metal. Am I not right, Shannon? Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, man, because I've had to evolve on this. But I, if you were to, if you were to ask me from the pure standpoint when I heard it, yeah. the first time, 
yeah, I was totally against the idea that any of that music was metal. But I do know that when I was growing up that we called it metal. Right. And that's what it was. But it wasn't true metal. And I mean, where I grew up here in Arizona, it wasn't necessarily I didn't I, you know, I, I didn't have the exposure to music the way that like say you did or people here in phoenix did yeah uh i you know i I didn't have access to venues i grew up in a small town of like two thousand people and so the only outlet we had was you know getting an antenna to figure out how to get the phoenix radio stations in our house that was 200 miles away and watching mtv and so when i when we were talking about bands like poison rat bon jovi they were even lumped in there as metal sure sure um you know, and if you heard of a band, if you ever heard like of Aldo Nova, then you were just kind of like, well, who's that? And they're like, oh, yeah. that's the new band that's on you know, the horizon. You know, so it was fast forwarding later down the line. Yeah. When you hear bands say like, oh, that's the metal move or that was part of metal. Right. Right. No, no, it wasn't. That wasn't it because metal was <laughs> it had already existed. Sure. Way beyond that. And, you know, it's interesting to me because a lot of people, you know, I didn't understand it when I was growing up in high school. It seems to be and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that the newer hair metal, right, ended up to be the more commercially successful. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe Mike has an opinion on this, but I think that like, you know, because it had a lot of the hooks, it had all the hooks, all those bands had hooks and they had, it was kind of like the hooks of the songs were like something that you could put on a bumper sticker if you wanted. I think the excess of the eighties and the hair metal, well, I would think, I think the excess of the hair metal, movement was something that um, people saw as reality back then. And they saw that as something as sustainable, like, yeah, I'm going to drink whiskey and fuck chicks all day long. And, and, you know, and like, I, here I am at 44 years old. I'm like, dude, I can barely even stay awake past nine. You know, (laughs) it's like, I think it it was living the dream when you watch those bands do that. And it was, that's why it was more commercially successful and people Want, I think, in my opinion, that's what people wanted in life. They wanted to live that lifestyle. And so that's why you saw a lot of the excess. Yeah, the, the fast cars, the partying, yeah. the supposed good life. You know, the band that does that really well and they play it off the well is Steel Panther. You know, Steel Panther plays that up real well. But they also know that that was not a sustainable thing back then. Hell yeah, man. I mean, uh, what you guys are saying is Lizzie Borden was a hardcore heavy metal band. Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, dual guitar, great vocal, very accomplished musicians, rehearse our butt off. And then we also felt like Aquanaut, uh, Aquanet. We, we, we dressed up, we wore the makeup, we did the whole thing. So I don't think people knew really what to think of us. And, and sometimes we got, we got offended, like we're not part of the hair metal. We're wearing the jeans, we're wearing the denim, we're doing this crap. And, uh, but then also the strip got diluted with a bunch of like posers, as we call it. Remember? Posers? Yes, exactly, bro. You're a fucking poser and you're a fucking poser. You know? You yes, boys, exactly, bro. You know, Warren, the king of the clan band. Hey, Mike, uh, now that you mentioned Lizzie Borden from, yeah. I believe, and you're going to correct me, of course, because you had quite a bit to do with this one. Yeah, a little bit. You had 1985, okay? So if we jump over to 1985 real quick, but Love You to Pieces. Talk to me a little bit about Love You to Pieces. What went on there? I can talk to you a lot about that. Okay, well, all right. We we just finished our first EP, Give Them the Axe, okay? So we were hot on that. It it sold well. We were on fire, metal blades, and we had to get you back in the studio. So Liz, we we, re- we rehearsed yeah, a lot. Please. So we we went right out of the studio and recorded, uh, you know, "Love You to Pieces," and uh, we were really excited about the record. And then came time to shoot the cover, and uh, you know, back then, you know, again about the girls, you know, cute girls, like uh, no clothes, whatever. We're gonna do a cover with Lizzie. Yes. Talking a model. All right, we're gonna do this. I'm like, all right, cool. Who's the model? I'm like, all right. So uh, here, here comes this blonde that trots in and you know in a robe, and it's like, okay, well, I'm here to do the Lizzie Borden shoot. And I was like, holy shit, look at that. 
So again, <laughs> all right. All right. Well, well, you know, of course, who's going to get the chick on the cover? Right. So the quiet, unassuming, cool bass player guy says, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it. So I took her to the rainbow. Yes. Uh, you know, a few nights later or whatever, and we talked and all that. And then boom, bang, there you go. Mike wins. I got the cover girl. And I got the woman <laughs> because my son is her son. So, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Well, just to give you guys an idea, here's what we're talking about. Take a listen. rocks my friend and do is it me or do my ears detect a little bit of uh led zeppelin in there or is it is it just my imagination no lizzie was uh rob halford like uh you know disciple it was his favorite singer you know that now is cooper i listened to that song before we came on and i also listened to rod of iron uh, i believe great really fast-paced really really good song Shannon, let me ask you: On when you're on the air at uh, at 98 KUPD, what's the hardest band that you've got to play that you're allowed to play on there? I mean, I have a segment where I, you know, I I can play songs and play bands. I mean, I've I've played, you know, Slayer. I've played Demo Bourgier. I've played. I mean, I've I've gone the gamut of all Crowbar. You know, it it just doesn't matter who it is so i mean i can go as deep and as far with certain songs but not you know not go crazy you know that's the thing but i mean the idea is to pick a song that is good that was that was really really good but was never a radio it was never a radio single you know we we started playing mr brownstone about well like 15 years ago we started playing mr brownstone from guns and roses and you would have never heard that yeah because Oh, how do you get away with that? Well, then we figured it out how to do it in production. And then we we're like, yeah, we're going to start playing this song because it's badass. Yeah. You know, Mike, you remember uh, growing up in L.A. Uh, to L.A. Rock Radio, KLOS, K-West, uh, the legendary KMET and KNAC. Uh, Mr. Brownstone was played on KMET and KLOS. And KNAC, a little bit more frequent, they would play half of the MF and bleep it out. But KMT and KLOS in the early days, they had two shows called Metal Shop, and uh, the other one was the, the, the Mighty, Mighty Metal, Metal the Shop. Mighty and those were pretty explicit, and they played that. That, uh, As a matter of fact, Lizzie Borden wa- wa- was played on both those uh, airwaves and KNAC. Uh, as a matter of fact, Guns N' Roses was played uh, very explicit. Their Use Your Illusion album was played explicit. Uh, they, they played a lot of Armored Saint. Uh, they played a lot of, uh, of Slayer, you know, uh, South of Heaven. So there actually was a radio stations that had the balls and the jocks that had the guts and the knowledge to unify your listener base, you have to give them something that they can relate to. What better than a, a raw emotion to get you pumped up, listening to your radio, gathering your cars at flat tops, live concerts, and just headbang your anger away, but in a beautiful way. Oh, dude, that's, can I, can I tell you a really quick little story about that that relates right to what you're saying? Uh, the KMET did a thing called the Mighty Metal Hour with Jim Ladd used to host it. Okay. Yes, but my idol. We listened to that religiously, right? So I was in the parking lot of the Santa Monica Civic at a Dio show. Okay. 
uh, his first solo record, you know, it's in, uh, so we're listening to the mighty metal shop and Rod of Iron came on and I wasn't in the band yet because it was just on metal massacre four. Okay. So right. came this band, Lucy board and I go, wow, these guys are awesome. I love these guys. And so simultaneously, I put out an ad in Music Connection magazine, you know, looking for a band. Like, I'm a metal bass player. Let's let's go. So the first call I get is like, hey, uh, is this Mike, the bass player? Yeah, yeah. How you doing? This is a band called Lucy Borden. Uh, you think you might be interested in coming out to audition? I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, dude. I just heard you on a Mighty Metal shop. Like, yeah. Yeah, dude. And that's how that all started. I want to thank Shannon Hernandez from 98 KUPD in Phoenix, Arizona. Shannon, I know that you have a radio show every day. If people want to get a hold of you, if they want to listen to the show, how do they go about doing that? And also talk to us a little bit about what you have in store as far as podcasting, because I know you're a podcast guru. I've learned personally a lot from you and from your YouTube channel. Yeah, so you can uh, you can find me, listen to me on the radio at 98kupd.com. It's 7 to midnight on uh, weekdays, Arizona time. And uh, as far as podcasting is concerned, uh, you know, I have a YouTube channel that you can just go ahead and find. Uh, just look up Shannon Hernandez podcasting and you should be able to find my channel there. But, uh, you know, I'm working towards uh, uh, creating uh, some programs, more programs to help podcasters, I guess, turn their podcast like into a radio show almost. It's so uh, it's uh, more about branding and sound design and things like that. So those are some of the things that I have a planned. And of course, uh, I'm working towards uh, giving uh, my, my viewers more content. Uh, in fact, uh, this is something that I got to be I got to work on tonight and tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm going to be working on that tonight. And, uh, you know, just to help out podcasters, that's really all what all it, all it's about. So um, I know people have things they want to say and they want to get it out there, but there's a barrier of entry. So that's why I have my channel. I got you. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to be here and back to the 80s. And I also want to thank you for keeping not only the 80s, but the 70s, 90s, and 2000s, just <laughs> everything rock alive, especially to the newer generation. Yeah, I, know. I really I, appreciate I it, man. Thanks for being here. I hope it's not the last time, man. No, it's all good, man. Thank you. For, and thanks for having me. I appreciate it. This is Back to the 80s. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Taking you on a trip to a better time, a time when America used to win at things, when we won the Cold War by arming Afghanistan, when we beat Russian boxers by jogging in the woods, when a welder could become a dancer, when a poor immigrant could become, to the power of music, a guru to a generation. If it's popular, we do it. Totally awesome. And now, Back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. Everybody, if you were on the hang with Toscano and Chang, you are back to the 80s. Tonight, you are on the mic with Mike Davis of Drama Rama Helford. And that is Lizzie Borden, the bass player of that band right there, right here. And we're all going back to the 80s. Toscano, I hope you had a mullet and it didn't matter if it was on your head, <laughs> over your private region. Yeah. If you were flowing the curl, you were in the whirl. Look at Davis's hair. It's in the wind, curly still. And the Chang. My headband does not hold my hair as <laughs> one in poison does. You know, in 1985, when this 
When this album with Love You to Pieces came out, I was wearing rolled up jeans with creepers, but my style wasn't really defined, man. I was kind of confused. The people thought I was listening all day to Stray Cats. What went through your mind, Mike, the moment you go to the audition, the band you had just heard on the radio, and what happens next? Well, that, that, thank you for asking, man. That's an, it's an awesome memory. Uh, I walk in the studio, and at that point, you know, there wasn't, like, full backline, so I had a full SVT I have to bring with me with my guy, Randy, who's still with me to this day to help me out. And uh, set up. I'm, I'm very nervous, you know, obviously. And uh, so I set up myself, and, and Lizzie is like, So uh, let's play some covers, man. I'm like, all right. You know, Stand Up and Shout from Dio? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got that. So we played that song, and then literally after that, they were like, Hey, man, so uh, you want the gig? I'm like, Wow, what <laughs> song? I actually told the guys, let, let me call you back. And they did not like that. They didn't dig it. They're like, really? Like, wow. Okay. All right. So after that audition, I don't know if you remember the band Stormer from Los Angeles as well. Oh, yeah, dude. I remember that. Yeah. Bonnie Simmons, one of my best friends. You know, he was an older cat. You know, I was in my very early, early 20s. And I bounced everything off Bonnie Simmons. So I went straight to his rehearsal studio because I knew he'd be there. And I said, Bonnie, you know, I got this opportunity, you know, to play with it. And, and I, I'm, I'm a little, you know, I'm nervous. I don't know. I want you to do it. And we're on Metal Massacre, Metal Aid Records, and uh, they're playing the Roxy. In two weeks, you go, bro, get the Roxy. I'll take the fucking gig. Like, all right. All right. And that's all that happens. You know, and then I called them back and I said, yeah, it's the ones we're hurtful. And then, uh, you know, from that on, it was... Uh, Literally history. You kind of had that experience like Mark Wahlberg in the movie Rockstar when he went to uh, audition for Steel Dragon. Remember that movie? You know oh, yeah. what's funny about that? That was uh, the storyline about Judas Priest yeah. was Ripper Owens taking over after the legendary Rob Halford. At a moment, did you feel, wow, I just made it? Yeah. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, you know, it did, and, and the, the, the top it off, the guys in the Halford band, like Metal Mike, Bobby Jarzombek, Roy C, the mastermind of this stuff, they're, they're the best people you want to know. Like, that, that's the thing, like, when you get a little bit older and you're like, you know what? You know, kind of reevaluate what you do, why you do it. I want to spend time in Drama Rama. Like, I love those guys. I've playing with them for 25 years, you know? Like, I love those guys. Like, I'm, I tried to do other things and, and mercenary myself, and it just didn't work, you know. And, and by the way, I did get a call from a couple of the Halford guys, so there might be something. Okay, well, we're going to wait for that one. Mike, are there any sincere regrets? We all have regrets, right, through life. But, I mean, something in the career path where you said, man, there was that one time when I had this door I should have taken. or Or perhaps, you know what? There was that door I should have shut, and instead of shutting it, I went through it. Yeah, that's a, an awesome question uh, because, again, this whole last year, you know, I mean, I, I'm actually my other life. I'm a chef, and I got a little bit of part of a cafe, which I really, really love. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was still with Drama Rama playing my music and doing this, and I'm like, man, my life is coming together pretty well. But you also also think about the road not taken, which is like when you have that choice in school, should I go this way or should I go that way? You know, I have friends who are retired now. They're playing golf and they're doing things and all this. Like I'm, I, I'm not going to say I'm struggling, but you know, I'm, you know, it's been hard, you know, choosing the path of music, you know, and choosing this path, right? Answer your question in a whole long way. No, I don't have any regrets because if if, if I could see my life laid back, I go, no, I still would have taken that. And it all served the purpose getting to where you are today. I want to say a big thanks to Mike Davis for joining us here on Back to the 80s. Mike, uh, before we go, where can they find information on all your stuff? Right now, Drama uh, Rama did drop a new record on uh, May 1st, 2020 called Color TV which is, I think, an amazing record. 
and we got a lot of great reviews of you know with it and we had a ton of shows to play behind it which obviously didn't get played but may 29th is our first show back in catalina island oh that's gonna be like great the seagulls and the boingo guys and uh yeah missing persons a lot of great you know our my pals you know our pals so Hopefully this will, you know, rekindle that and, and drama will get back on the road again. And uh, that's it, man. You know, that's that's my music. Uh, and you can also contact me on, on Facebook. That's my personal page. Mike Davis is fine. You know, I'd love to talk to people and answer questions. And uh, Halford Band, you know, we did that. Uh, Lizzie Borden, you know, check all that stuff out. You know, it was a big part of a lot of that. Hey, bro, thanks for coming on here, bro, and, and uh, we look forward to having you on here again when you can do it again. You keep being you, bro, and remember, stay lifted and gifted, homeboy, and don't give up. Mike, I hope we can get you and pick your brain for when we do the glam and hair metal, because I'd love to hear you and your opinions on that as well, because Chang, you should hear it. I can't wait till you hear what Chang has to say. Be careful what you wish for, because me and Chang's here might be we love it. This is back to the 80s. You just heard Mike Davis. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang wishing you a great week. Be safe. Do what you can do in order to make humanity a better place. Enjoy your day because at the end, of, oh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you ought to leave that. Oh, no, that sucks. Never mind. Uh, goodbye, everybody. See you next week. Don't forget that we have a great show starting next week. Part two. Of rock and metal back in the 80s. Have a good one. Chang here. Before I send you on your way to another Changtastic weekend, I want you all to remember to stay lifted and gifted. And we big big thanks to Shanman and Mike Davis for stopping in and, and kicking back with us. Tomorrow is never promised, so live your life to the fullest. Put a smile on that face. Go out there and stand up for something bigger than you. Stand up for somebody. There's a loved one out there you haven't talked to. Give them a call. Go see them because tomorrow... You never know what's going to happen. So, to all of you out there, I want to bid you all an adios, an arrivederci, an hasta la vista, a sayonara, an hasta mañana, and to all of my homies in the barrio, orale, till next Friday, baby. Take me back to the glory.